Welcome to the Yoga Addiction. If you're a yoga teacher or student who wants a deeper understanding of yoga with respect to science, health, and longevity, this podcast is for you. Every week we'll dive deep into a topic to help you be a better yogi, teacher, and communicator. We want to give you a practical understanding of the current science related to yoga and help you create quality, safe, and inspired classes, whether they are for yourself at home or for your students. I'm Natalie Sanger. And I'm Sandy Hewitt. We look forward to you taking part in our conversations. Okay, so today we are going to talk about the transversus abdominis or the transverse abdominis, um, which I think is a pretty badass muscle. Yeah, it's pretty badass. It's up there. Up there among the uh, hellions that ride motorcycles of muscles. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Where's the leather jacket? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so... Let's talk about, let's outline for everyone because most people might not be as big of anatomy nerds as we are. So what mm. is this transverse, we'll call it the transverse abdominus and like in more scientific literature, transversus abdominus, but we'll just say maybe TVA for short because mm. that's cool. Because we're lazy. Yeah. So what it is, where is it? Do you want to go on that? One of those? Sure. Yeah. So it's. If you put your hands around your belly button, you're right on it. It's right around there. It goes all the way from the belly button to the frontal hip bones. Um, and it actually is continuous with the thoracolumbar fascia around the backside. So it, it has this like wrap around your entire waistline. It even connects up into the ribs. So it's, it's a pretty wide, flat sheet of muscle. And its fibers run transversely, which is why it has its name. Um, by transversely, I mean it runs from side to side. So it runs from your right side waistline to your left side waistline. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like you can kind of imagine like a corset of thin tissue from your ribs to your pelvis, um, from the front of your body, sides of your body, and then into your back side of your body. And it's one of those cases where if you look at muscle um, morphology, you can sort of tell what it does. So if, if you think about a corset, and if you were to tighten a corset, um, it wouldn't necessarily change the shape of the body. It wouldn't flex you at the hips. It wouldn't extend you at your upper back or your low back. All it would really do is compress all the tissues of your abdomen, like through all the abdominal wall muscles, through into the organs, and just compress that inwards to your center line. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what TVA does. Yeah, because muscle fibers essentially contract along the the orientation of the fibers, right? So they start at one side, they end at another side, they're going to get shorter, so that's going to like suck in like a corset. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess if, if you're having trouble making sense, but that's the easiest way I think of it. Like the, <laughs> the fibers shorten and your waistline gets narrower. Yeah. And, and I think one of the most important things to think about with TVA, because it gets talked about a lot, is that it's not a spinal mover. So it will not extend or flex your spine, meaning it won't bend your lumbar spine forward or back. It by itself, if we were to cut away all the other muscles, it by itself would only push the abdominal contents inwards towards the midline. Yeah, that's a really good point because it's deeper than the muscles that create that movement. It's the deepest muscle of the abdominal muscles closest to all of your organs. So it's just providing support, the innermost layer there. The muscles that are closer in towards our joint and, and uh, 
further from our skin, essentially, in general, are stabilizers. They, they hold. They don't do a lot of movement. Yeah, it's one of the muscles that we talk about as movement independent. So um, it, it doesn't really do anything but that like three-dimensional pull inwards. Um, so if you do do a crunch, are you activating your TVA? Um, probably at first and then later not. So what I mean by that, um, your main mover in a crunch is the rectus abdominis, like a crunch, like typical crunch, lay on your back, hands behind your head, crunch your elbows up towards your knees. Um, at the very start of the movement, deep muscles turn on. So the TVA would turn on just at the start to stabilize your hips, to stabilize your low back. And then the rectus abdominis, the major mover, the flexor of the spine will turn on strongly. The six pack abs will turn on to bring your elbows closer to your knees. Um, they have to work in concert. They have to work together. So the TVA needs to sort of be there as a precursor of movement for stability. And then the rectus abdominis can do its work even better. Right. Yeah. Would the TVA start on and then turn off once movement is engaged or stay engaged once movement has started? I think it would kind of like to some extent stay there. I, I think so. From what I understand, I, I think it stays to some extent, but it's major... Like its major muscle contraction contraction happens first, and then it doesn't have to do very much after. Right. Um, so, like, think about it. Like, um, what are other deep muscles, Nat? Um, like glute medius, glute min. Glute medius, yeah, but it stays on to a certain degree. But glute max can help it out. Or like your hip flexor. Like before you even lift your leg, think about lifting your leg. It mm-hmm. turns on. And then as you continue lifting your legs, more things turn on. Right. So to a certain degree, depending on load, it can maybe soften a little bit. But then it also has to stay on because it has to help you flex your hip. Um, that's why I don't I don't think transverse abdominis stays on because it, it doesn't – it's not involved in flexion of the spine. No. But would it just be staying, yeah. like holding that contraction, staying on to some degree? Yeah, maybe. To stabilize. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Well, what we do know about the muscle is that it's not um, it's not a bulky muscle. So I, from what I understand, it, it won't have fast twitch muscle. Mm, it, it, right. it doesn't have that ability. It, it's not like a bicep that bulges out of your skin. Like you can't, if you touch your skin, you can't touch transverse abdominis. You can't, you can't feel it turn on too strongly. You can only feel it turn on in certain areas of your body. But if you just put your hand on your belly um, and you were to really try, you probably can't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also not where the muscle fibers really are. So from what I understand, it's this it's a stabilizing sheet of muscle that needs to be strong, but it, it's not like it's not like we walk around and be like, oh nice transversus abdominis man. Looking <laughs> good. Like it's not it's not gonna give you, you know, like defined abs like that that that's not its thing so it doesn't have that bulking over the skin kind of um sort of uh what's that quality that yeah. quality of that yeah yeah it's, um, it's i think it's, it's something yeah it's like a it's a type one or type two muscle fibers that do that and they they're more of that anaerobic fast twitch prime movers they, they do things quick that's like the opposite of tva tva does things like precursor to movement it's the the firing it's the unconscious muscle before you even move it's it's a very mindfulness muscle because it has a fire before um and then it it sort of doesn't do anything else but protect you all the time yeah 
And it's worth <laughs> mentioning, although we're not going to go into it here because we would be talking for like eight hours or more, but it does connect to um, the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. Like all those three kind of make up this package, I guess, if you will, like a complete system that's completely... I'm like making this oval shape with my hands that nobody can see. <laughs> this nope, like nobody can see no, that. What, no. what are you talking about? <laughs> it's just like it's all connected in like uh, completely connected the yeah the pelvic floor, the TVA, and the diaphragm. They make like a sack. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's why like when you do cue for TVA, when you go to like teach it and to find awareness into it, it, it does help to exhale and feel it. However, it's not inhale or exhale dependent. Right. So you can still inhale and feel it. it it's not like one of those kind of muscles. So it's involved, but also independent. Is yeah. What I'm saying. Totally. So let's talk about how to engage it a little bit. Within the yeah. within the context of yoga class. Okay. You go first. Okay. So usually if I'm going to teach a class specifically teaching to this, like there's obviously so many ways you can just touch on it in one pose. You can have a class that's completely kind of touching through the TVA the whole time. Maybe you're building towards some peak pose where you really want to use it to support you. Um, but I usually have people starting on their back and then you find the frontal hip bones or the anterior superior iliac spine, ASIS. This is the two frontal hip bones. Everyone knows where those are, those pokey things. Walk your fingers in about an inch and maybe down a little bit, about an inch, and then push in. So your first two fingers there. And then you're just going to kind of, I mean, you can do it a few different ways. You can just tell people to contract the skin under their fingers and see if they feel that firming. It should draw in and there should be a firming there. Or you can, if you can't get them to find it there, think about drawing those two frontal hip bones in together um, or pulling that space between your fingers back towards the back of your body. Something in there. What do you use for cueing for that? Well, yeah, a lot of the time I hear like, belly to spine but I think sometimes that like overdoes it um because it, it is a, a very like subtle muscle so I just sort of I do the same things so you bring your fingertips there and that's where the muscle fibers are so that's where you're going to feel contraction mm -hmm. remember it is a corset that wraps around so other places it's still going to be active but you won't feel the muscle contract the same way yeah and I actually just so lay on the back hands to that same spot you're talking about push in enough that you can feel the muscle um and then without changing, and I think this is really important, without changing the shape of your spine. Yeah. So whatever the spine is at there, you just stay with it. And then I think about, yeah, drawing the frontal hip bones together. And then I think about like, almost like I want to lift one leg up, but I don't do it yet. Mm, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And yeah, key to not move the spine because people will try to, especially with the cue belly to spine, draw your navel to your spine, pull your belly back. People will bring the ribs closer to the pubic bone. Um, which is rectus abdominis. So a lot of people mm -hmm. who have very strong rectus abdominis but are not in touch with TVA whatsoever, that is what that is the movement they will do. They will move their ribs down. And it's not to say that that definitely doesn't get TVA, but you're just looking to get the TVA isolated at that point. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and, you know, there's like a lot of – there's a lot of benefits to isolation. What we're teaching really is um, body awareness, right? So if you can get – into this awareness even like in in the sequence of the way the muscles fire right even if you can get that awareness that this turns on first 
that's like a huge gain that's a and it's very therapeutic for a lot of people to be able to like reset a proper rhythm of muscle firing um so yeah definitely like if you are going to teach TVA is to understand that the abs, the rectus abdominis can take over and turn it off and that you just want to like notice the sequence and then maybe the TVA backs off at a certain point. Mm -hmm. And you talked about it before how it's a stabilizing muscle. So it turns on first. You're talking about the crunches, like it's going to turn on first and then you're going to have the movement. So this, this, um, like if I'm teaching a TVA class, I'm going to cue to just have that awareness like like we practiced in the beginning of the class to draw in or tone that muscular sheath um deep to your frontal abdominals there just have that awareness while in transition mostly so it's not like i'm i'm rarely like heavily cueing to it in a big static posture yeah absolutely it's not like you can't it's hard yeah i mean i guess you can feel it if you're in like warrior two you're thinking about your frontal hip bones you're thinking about drawing in you you can sort of feel it but it's not going to be as um significant of a feeling just because your mind is distracting you know your legs are have to be in here your arms have to be there um so yeah i I think it's it's much more easy to feel that sense of support when you're moving around Mm mm-hmm that's where it's like most important for the stability of our pelvis, stability of our spine. And yeah, that too, right? Yeah. yeah. That's where it's functionally more important too, when we're moving. Yeah. I'll, I will like the odd time. And I think I can, well, you can tell me, you can tell me what you think. If I think you think I'm getting into it with like a low lunge. So back knee on the floor. Yep. Just reach your arms up, regular low lunge. And then I'm cueing people to keep their pelvis where it is and lift their rib cage up away from their pelvis and let the front of their belly draw back. So without, and I don't even uh-huh. cue, like draw your belly back. I'm just like, let the skin of your belly move back as you kind of create that extension in the lumbar yeah. and the thoracic. But it's a very much like upright. And so it's not like a huge back bending. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a big thing because if you think about a small little back bend, the thoracolumbar lumbar fascia will have to tighten. Right. Yeah. Right? And if the thoracolumbar fascia tightens, so this is the fascia in the back of your body. If it has a tighten, it's going to pull on the sides of your waist and it's going to give you a little bit of contraction through the sides of the waist and then consequently in the front so whenever i i think about tva i think axial extension i think about Mm -hmm. my crown of the head going straight up yeah yeah i don't think extension i think i think growing taller like the spaces between my vertebrae are extending straight up um and I know, like, um, so I, I had my sprained foot <laughs> yeah. a few weeks ago, um, and I was given these back exercises, back extension exercises, and every single time after I did them, I felt my TVA. Like, standing up, walking around, it's like, oh, my TVA is so on right now. And I, my personal theory is that it's a thoracolumbar fascia has been affected strongly, um, and TVA is responding to that. That's interesting. Right? Super cool. I've never... I've never felt like my TBA was naturally just on, just like okay. by itself. <laughs> we'll try it. Do like 10 lazy cobras with your legs down and your butt relaxed and your back relaxed. Just like cobra, 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 10 of them. And then like stand up and walk around. How, how, much, of your, how much of your upper body are you bringing off the ground in your lazy cobra? Belly button. Up to belly button. Up to belly button. Okay. Yeah, yeah just because you see people like all the way with their like knees... And everything else is lifted. Oh, like more like an up dog? 
Yeah. It's like a lazy up dog. I don't know what it is, but I, I see it. I see it. I'm like, put your, <laughs> please, put, please put your pelvis down. I mean, like in a really stiff body with um, no SI joint problems and no lumbar spine problems, like maybe that's okay. It's not like my body doesn't jive with that. And I think a lot of bodies, what I want to practice in Cobra is a little more thoracic mobility anyways in general. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think what my physio she gave me the the um, lumbar. It's a lumbar extension. She's like, you can do thoracic, but like focus on actually bending your lumbar. Okay. Um, yeah. So if if you're gonna play with this idea, and I mean you don't have to, but I, I don't think ten extensions and then get up and walk around. I don't think that's gonna hurt anyone. No. Um, no. Yeah. Like if you're gonna play with it, like just make sure you're you're you know you, you do it with the lumbar in mind is is the purpose is because like I do want you to contract that thoracic thoracic lumbar fascia like I want that to be affected because that, well that's my theory anyway and you can let me know cool. let me know if it works let me know if you don't feel anything yeah <laughs> still interesting right yeah that's awesome okay so we went through how to engage it just in isolation and then a little bit static and then we'll talk more about transitions I think later because we'll go um, in, or do you want to go now into transition no, I think it's a good time. Yeah, tell me about tell me about transitions now. Okay, so I love it. I love TVA. <laughs> I love using it in transition. So I was mentioning earlier that I mean before this podcast that I really like using it in transitions from stepping from the front of the mat to the back. So say you're stepping back to a lunge, back to warrior one or two. Um or you can go with your knee all the way down to a low lunge. But say I like doing it from chair with the knees bent because um, you can kind of use the hip stabilizers and the transverse abdominis, the spine lower, like lumbar spine stabilizer there together. And what I see is a lot of people say, let's talk about stepping forward first. So it's just a high lunge or crescent lunge, stepping forward. They'll push into their front foot, say their right foot's forward, and then completely straighten that leg and then just pull their left foot forward to the top of the mat. And I want them to step into chair and then they bend their knees, right? So instead, I'm going to try to cue, like, just have that attention towards your abdomen. Like, draw in slightly, maybe through your waistline, or just let the skin of your belly draw back very gently keep that keep your front knee bent and then step forward like pull your front leg forward and step into a chair with both knees bent so you're asking the quads to kind of stay on a lot which are attached to your pelvis um, your pelvis is attached to your spine so you want to maintain like a lot of stability through your pelvis which is going to ask a lot of your spine to not move and get everything kind of working in concert so when you get people to kind of keep that front knee bent they are also gaining more strength in their legs to do that movement paired with that stability in the lumbar spine. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's a stabilizer muscle, right? Yeah. So when the legs move around in slow transitions, um, hopefully you'll be able to feel it. It it should be going on there. You know, it should be. And especially when you're asking something of the legs, like you're asking the legs to engage and then you pair it with that. Mm -hmm. abdominal support because like I said before like they'll just step forward straighten the front leg your quads are not engaged you're just stacking your bones for balance and then like everything's off 
<laughs> well, the quads, like, just to be, like, super nerdy, the quads would be engaged, but they wouldn't be engaged um, in in stability function as much. Right. Yeah, Which exactly. is what we're looking for. Yeah, they would yeah. be engaged in, in just extending the knee and then just keeping it extended, um, which is very different than little bit of a bend in the knee and then consistently eccentric eccentrically contracting as the other leg comes forward yes it's that's like the a, thing it's yeah. like that eccentric contraction especially like the lower yeah. part of the quadricep that people have and that's just a lot harder to do so you pair those things together and yeah. you get really really strong oh yeah absolutely eccentric contractions are they're great yeah so good <laughs> so a few other poses that we really like well i really like bird dog so just that classic quadruped position back leg one leg back and then the opposite arm forward and i feel like it, it's like one of those underrated poses that people like start to be like oh this again or like and i i definitely am guilty of that i'm just like this is boring <laughs> um have you ever felt like that Nat? no so the the thing i was gonna say about bird dog in like my body is yeah because I was so weak in the TVA and so upper body weak that so in bird dog you're on all fours and then one leg back one arm forward yeah yeah so just to give people like a picture my shoulders just like one arm supporting me just when I started yoga I would say and like before I really gained upper body strength by when I was practicing probably more hatha and doing less downward dog and when I was um doing styles that didn't involve the flows and my upper body was so weak. So just going onto all fours and then taking one arm off the ground. And so I'm holding a lot of my body on one leg and one arm. My shoulders would burn so much. It took so much effort to keep my lumbar spine from not just like flopping down towards the ground. <laughs> and then to lift my back leg. You my, were one of those. Oh. I was just like a shaking noodle. Like I just... Yeah. So yeah, and and that's one of those things where it's like, oh my god, even something as simple like to me it seems so simple like, like bird dog. We need to progress that. We should be progressing that. We should be like, here's step one, then do step two. If you yeah. can't do step one, you're not qualified yet to do step two because then you're just going to lose the integrity of the pose. You're not going to get the benefits. You will get more benefit from step one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so just crazy. like one leg lifted would be a lot for me, or taking out the instability of my elbows and shoulders together doing forearms on the ground and stretching a leg back mm. but that's maintaining that support um mm -hmm. but yeah like that form of a posture is excellent for practicing that tba yeah yeah and and what i wanted to say is that for me so you have one leg back one arm forward for me i don't feel the tva in the leg that's going back i feel the tva in the leg that's down on the ground that side that's down on the ground hmm because and, and i i think my personal theory is that it's it's stability yeah right so i have to in order for me not to move my low back and not to move my pelvis the side that's holding still needs to be working harder mm -hmm. the leg that's going back it's that glute and that hamstring that's going to be lifting that leg that tva is like it's important but it, it was the probably more important as a precursor to movement kind of thing rather than the hold 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 stabilize this so you the ship doesn't fall down so i what i want people to be aware of as you as you teach bird dog is look at the hip that's down and if that hip starts to jut out to the side and if that hip crease starts to deepen 
see if you can get that hip to hug back into midline a little bit of that like um glute medius activation Mm -hmm. but also match it with tva can you like sort of feel what i'm saying yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah and then same with the the shoulder that's down the arm with the shoulder that's down right um that arm should be working so much harder than the arm that's reaching yeah and that's also um yeah that reaching arm can be problematic i mean god we can dissect every pose but yeah it's really like <laughs> tight in the lats reaching oh, yeah. forward like that because your spine wants to do what your shoulder can't yes yes which was yes. also like my case like my lumbar spine will do anything because my hips oh. my shoulders are tight right yeah um, yeah and yeah. like a lot better now but that was my situation so just like from a teacher's listening perspective, like if you're, especially if you're dealing one-on-one and you know someone's super tight in the lats, like when they reach their arms overhead, their upper arm bone is like out of 45 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then just take note of that. Do you practice it somewhere else? Yeah. And, and like the, I think the whole point of the arm and the leg is just to get them off the ground. Yeah. So even if the, the leg, even if the knee is like lifted a centimeter, even if the hand is just like fingertips tapping on and off for balance, like mm-hmm. that already hopefully will be enough work um, in order to get the, the arm and the leg that are down to appropriately stabilize the trunk. Um, and then, yeah, like that, that would be the progression. I, I've actually never taught a progression of bird dog. It's always like one of those like basic things. And then like everything else is like the fancier, right. sexier Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of value in it. I I really should. I'll I'll start doing that. Yeah. Me too. And then (laughs) for, for bodies that are stronger, if you know you're in, you're teaching an intermediate vinyasa class or you know, you're in a class with, um, you just know there's no beginners or whatever. I like, Mm. um, just stepping from whatever, if you're doing lunges or warriors, you know, plant your hands and stepping back into a plank with whatever foot was at the front of the mat stepping it back lifted do you call that like three-legged plank or what i've been like lately thinking about it i'm like what what is that called yeah <laughs> i call i call it three-legged plank okay and i totally like messed myself up because i wanted to do i wanted to do opposite arm forward to mimic bird dog right yeah so what what the hell do you call that just keep your back leg lifted and reach your opposite arm forward <laughs> But this, there's like no na- like is that a two legged plank and then two legged plank is starting to sound stupid. No, um, just say opposite arm and leg lift. <laughs> I know that's an arm and leg plank. We only, need like a name for this. Only problem that I have with like these more functional yoga postures. Maybe there is one. I mean, like there's a name for everything, but maybe we haven't googled it. But like yeah. the newer ones where you're even if you're, you're at home and you're doing stuff and you're like oh yeah it's cool i'm gonna like bend my elbow this way and do some cool shoulder mobility in this pose like it doesn't have a name and then you're like i mean of course i'm always gonna teach people the steps to get into a posture but if you're going back to repeat um the same pose in a vinyasa then it's a uh, little bit like and then bend your elbow and twist and da, da, da. <laughs> you're like, yeah yeah i'm, like, I'm just so, gonna call this what? number two okay <laughs> I just make, so I sort of have a workaround. I've gotten to the point where I, I, so I, 
I want to drill an idea into you. If I really, really want to drill an idea into you, I'm going to use the same words. I'm going to repeat them a million times. I'm going to make my voice go really, really like, empath- like really strong and make sure you feel it with me. Um, and I'm going to walk around and make sure you're doing it. And then when it's time to put that in another context, I'm going to say, do the thing. Uh. <laughs> so put your hands down, push your leg back. And then remember that thing that we were doing earlier, like a million times? Yeah, do that thing. Yeah. And, and you good. know what? It usually works, actually. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Yeah. I like that. I'm going to totally yeah, do the do thing. do the thing. Yeah. I've been doing it. I did it today with um, feeling cobra in crescent lunge. So I oh, had yeah. them do a million cobras. Well, not a million, but like at least nine. Nice. Like a good nine cobra, nine to ten cobras, um, with the awareness in the upper back, shoulder blades, mid back, and then low back just follows. And then I had them come up to crescent lunge and then put their hands like cobra, act like they're in cobra, do the thing, and then stretch their arms up. Oh, yeah, I enjoy that. I'm like, just like, oh, if you just got to do that many cobras, like people love that. Well, I mixed it up, right? I mixed it up with like some child, some uh, down dog. Yeah. Some, um, I think I did a pervotanasana, like a pyramid pose, just because like their backs have been bending. Mm-hmm. Let's bend it forward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Okay. Where yeah, are we the here thing. then? Do the thing. I love that. <laughs> so there's definitely ways to get into this for beginners. Static. Yeah. We talked about in some postures and then I talked about some movements and transitions. Yeah. Yeah. And I think essentially is that like when it comes to a yoga class, how, how can we use it? How would you use it? In a yoga class? Oh yeah. Like how, how would you say it in those transitions? How would I say it? Yeah. Um, usually I would just say like drawn through your waistline or I'd, I make them like pause in the first one and say, okay, like notice your belly, like just notice, take notice, draw in gently. Just like keep it really simple. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Draw in gently. Keep that. Keep your front knee bent. Step forward. Chair pose. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I'm not sure. That's like, you might not even have to make it an action. You might just say like, keep the attention yeah keep your attention on your abdomen yeah yeah that might be enough right especially if you did a good like amount of isolation work then it might be like yeah "Yeah, okay my attention is there it's easy to feel it and then i'm i'm just going back yeah yeah that might have yeah that might be sufficient (laughs) yeah okay yeah what else did i want to say i wanted to say something you were going to talk a little bit about um some researcher Stuart mcgill Oh yeah, low back pain. So I think a few years ago, I don't, I don't know if it's still applicable, but a few years ago, TVA got this huge, um, publicity. It became like the muscle to activate and like, oh my God, nobody's TVA is on. And and, like, that's just not true. Right. Um, now that you know a little bit more about TVA, like it's not going to be built up like a six pack muscle. It doesn't have to be like that. Um, it has to be on, but, but not to like the craziest nth degree. Um, and how that got taken out of context. Um, so Stuart McGill is like one of the world's foremost back, low back pain, low back disorder researchers, 
and he does some really great research constantly. And he came out with some research that showed that TVA is very deficient in people with low back pain. So he came up with this idea of abdominal bracing, where actually on the inhale, so you inhale to create more intra-abdominal pressure, then you brace at the TVA, and then you pick up and lift whatever you want to lift. Um, and he did it for, I think, like Olympic weightlifters and other like high level athletes where they were activating the TVA to a very strong degree, like 70% contraction, really think about it, really pull, then lift the heavy thing. Um, yeah. yeah and, and I think that got taken out of context and everyone started to think, oh my God, we all have to have stronger TVAs. We need to work this muscle, like however we can work this muscle, but when you're in everyday life, like even just getting up out of a chair, your TVA should be on only to like 5%. It should be that like almost mindless muscle. It should be like automatically on. As you walk around through your day, like the TVA should be on anyways. And I mean, mm -hmm. once in a while you can like think about it and check in with it, but I don't think it's a muscle that you should be like, Oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got to keep it contracted. I've got to keep it. I think that I've got to keep it contracted mentality leads to a posterior pelvic tilt leads to like, I'm ashamed of my posture. Mm, my posture yeah. is bad. I'm going to try to get a longer spine by posteriorly tipping because that's what everyone says. gets me longer, even though it's, it's not, it doesn't get you longer, right? It just, it just flexes your lumbar spine and, and takes out a natural curve that we all need. Um, and, and so I think that's why his research got taken a little bit out of context. So, He's just like a great guy. Like, go and listen to his YouTube talks. We can link a few of them um, to this podcast. But he he does talk about like um, how abdominal bracing is is functional, right? And it like it depends on the task at hand. If you're lifting your child, maybe you need more abdominal bracing. If you're lifting yourself off of a chair, it's probably minimal. Yeah, and I would say like it's the thing that you want to turn on in your daily movement to make your legs work better and more efficiently. Mm. If, if you can kind of think of it from that way, like, okay, like yeah. how yeah. am I going to move my back and like, how am I going to control my abdominal and my lower back region to get the most strength out of my legs? Yeah. Like I want to keep just enough stability in my spine so that when the muscles that are attached from my legs to my spine, from my legs to my pelvis, my pelvis, to my spine that like there's not a lot of wiggle there but it doesn't have to be like epically static right yeah yeah it, well it, it shouldn't be epic like your si joint should move a little not right. a lot a little but enough to give you functional movement yeah so it's kind of equal you could i could think of it like as an equal amount of contraction to the force that's being applied on the muscles of your legs maybe so yeah you're getting up off of a chair you're not going you're not doing big things here like you, yeah, you yeah, just, yeah yeah <laughs> hey that might be big for yeah. someone but it's it's maybe, generally yeah, yeah it's, but you see people like elderly people get off a chair they lean way forward they yeah, push with their arms, arms. and then they're kind of just like stacking their knees are bent and oh. then they stand right up right instead yeah. of like drawing in through the belly allowing the legs to get strength from that stability of your spine and your pelvis yeah, so yeah. they all work together yeah. yeah yeah tva is like the ultimate example of like if you're gonna go throw a baseball and let's say you had a spine made of um what are those wiggly worms the gummy worms sandy 
<laughs> Do you know where I'm going? You know where yes. I'm going? Yeah. Yes. So your spine is a gummy bear worm <laughs> thing. Okay. You know, you know what I'm talking Those gummy worms that you get at yes. the dollar shop. So yeah. your spine is made of gummy worms. And then you go and you go to create this force. The ball is not going to go far because your spine is going to flop you over. Yeah, it takes right? away. Yeah, it yeah, takes it away, takes away your ability to transmit force. However, if I were to course it up that jelly bean, uh, no, not jelly bean, the gummy, gummy worm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I were to like wrap it in in a corset, like super tight, get those strings nice and tight, and then I throw the ball. I'm going to have such a better result. The ball's actually going to go farther and my spine's not going to move because the force has gone outside my body. It's gone into the ball to transmit force. Um, and the, the spine is stable. That That's sort of how you can think about TVA. And that's yeah. why we talk about the transitions in, in a yoga class as the place to activate TVA. That's its function. Its function is stability in the core, in the center of your body. Um, so that other things can move. So we should, we should feel it best when other things are moving. Yeah. I got another. I got another way of thinking about it. Just because I was okay. thinking about hiking. Oh, I thought because, you were thinking about gummy worms. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> they're delicious. But no, because okay. So first, I started to think thinking that since learning how to properly engage my TVA, I hiked Mount Olympus in Greece, mm-hmm. which was um, from the parking lot we went to to the top was about eleven hundred meters. Ooh. Um. And it was a lot, yeah, it it was <laughs> a lot of vertical, like you were walking up. So I just like the whole time made sure. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? Oh, it was so worth it. It was Aww. beautiful. Just like that gentle little contraction around my abdomen while I was moving and pushing off my legs. Like we crushed it. We did it in like <laughs> five and a half hours, like wasn't wow. barely tired. Like we were going up like big like stair stepping up the mountain basically but I had so much more power and I was Mm. less um well not power I think is more related to speed but I had so much more strength than I normally did just by that gentle engagement because normally my back be flopping all over the place like my pelt like I just had the worst stability and I would have would you call your back sort of like a gummy worm it was like a gummy worm thank you but also thank you (laughs) Or an analogy, so imagine hiking and say, you know, when you're hiking and well, maybe not in flat Toronto, but you know, hikes, those know things hikes. in nature. Yeah. You go to grab onto a tree branch mm. or a tree, like a tree, a support of something. And it's yeah. not as stable as you think. And yeah. your, your energy, your effort to pull is totally, um, disseminated or I mm. would say like, it's just, you don't move because it moves. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like the analogy of something pulling on your spine, your psoas, or the muscles from your pelvis to your spine, your QL, et cetera, erectors and all that stuff. So if your spine is moving, they're not going to be doing their job. You're not going to be moving in the way that you want to or creating like so much more effort and um, your joints are maybe going to be moving around a bit too much too. So you can get like bursitis and SI joint pain and, Mm -hmm. you know, all the no funds. Yeah, well, I think you pointed at something really interesting there is like how you felt you had more um, and you said power. And I know like the technical term of power is different, but I think what you wanted to say is that you you had like more um, consistent endurance. Yes. Yes. With, yeah. And, and like going back mm-hmm. to the whole idea that TVA is not fast twitch muscle. It is slow twitch muscle. It is almost co- like entirely slow twitch muscle it is the hold Mm -hmm. it is the keep you here it is the i gotcha muscle it's not like i'm gonna go throw a ball muscle it's the i'm I'm gonna hold this house down so you can go throw the ball yeah 
Yeah, I've noticed a huge difference when I'm hiking now just by having, by tuning into it, knowing what it is, drawing Mm -hmm. in gently. Like I'm not, I'm not bracing. I'm not like not breathing or anything. It's just like this little, it's just like slightly different from the pelvic floor, but like in the front of your body, right? It's just that like little pull in and I just feel so strong. Yeah. I'm actually like a person who wants to hike on the regular now. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love hiking, but I love I, how I you like tied it back before. into the whole idea that you're not you're not contracting it to maximum potential. You're not you're not bracing like the Olympic weightlifter. You're bracing enough to hike. You're bracing enough to move your legs. Enough for the the stressor that is there. You know, enough for the task at hand. Um, yeah. And, and that's so key, right? So anyway, yeah. we're just tying everything back into this little knot of uh, gummy worms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your hiking story. <laughs> and I've, I worked with a couple people who were like epically strong in their more rectus abdominis and yes. their erector spina in the back. Like their spinal movers, like so much strength, but they were big hikers. And I think like they were, they had back pain. They were trying to get those muscles to support them during movement oh you mean the back muscles yeah like the back muscles and the front muscle like rectus abdominis maybe obliques and the oh, erectors yeah that's what and i that's what i think like a lot of like you know oh you have low back pain activate your abs you know do some ab workouts but it's only going to just lead to tipping the pelvis the other way it's going to lead to um rather than hyperlordosis and you lead to kyphosis of the lumbar spine which lo- would look just straight um the flattening of the curve and that's worse that's so much worse for for um low back pain it's like not the healing of the back pain at all yeah like you do you, like they're obviously there for certain reasons you need all those muscles for functional movement but like you don't that's not the answer is what you're saying like yeah, strengthening yeah. rectus abdominis is not the answer to correcting low back pain like has other movement <laughs> functionality yeah, yeah. And, yeah like, and i think one of the things if you do have a, and i'm sure yoga teachers everywhere have a lot of people with low back pain the other thing to look at very close to the uh, tva is your hips um and a lot of people with low back pain do have limited hip mobility hamstrings are a big issue with a lot of low back pain so it's like look around as well and and sometimes yoga teachers can be really helpful for low back pain because we're able to loosen up the hips without hurting the low back or putting it in that posterior sort of flexion or too much anterior extension Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i agree with that Mm mm-hmm um, do we want to talk about a little bit of pranayama breath work that can activate the TVA? Oh yeah, that's my favorite actually. I I actually really really like um, Agnesar Kriya. It's that uh, it's like the crazy videos you see of like. Have you seen them? Oh yeah, I've done it. Yeah yeah, I like. Oh, that I don't. I can't do it. I, I can't do that whole like. It's like this churning. The well, the like, churning. The Agnesar is the pumping out. Just in oh, and the out. pumping out. Oh, yeah. okay. And then, um, oh my gosh, bad yoga teacher. Oh, it's it's Nali. Nali is the turning. Yeah, Nali is the turning. Sorry, yeah, I got them mixed up. So <laughs> the pumping out, um, I think both do it. Both will activate. It's like sort of the same stance. You put your hands on your knees. You take a yeah. little bit of like a squat. Then you, you keep... Exhale. You, you mm-hmm. exhale, but you remember you keep neutral spine. So I don't want to round the back. Yes. I just want to keep neutral spine. I exhale. I draw navel to spine and then I like try to contract, um, TVA to maximum. And then with Nauli, I guess they just, I don't even know. I, they just churn it. I know that's like it. your TVA 
in concert with your obliques and your rectus. Like you got to have epic control there. But yeah, you, it's like N-A-U-L-I. You guys can Google it. Google YouTube Nolly and you'll see people like waving their stomach side to side and top to bottom essentially. The Agnesar yeah. is just um, – so yeah, you take all the breath out. You lock your throat. So maybe do a little swallow or make sure no air is going to come through there. And then you just like suck it back. Like you suck your <laughs> abdominal wall back. Your, your ribs, the lower ribs should stick way out. Um, Udiana Bunda, that's what that is. Just holding it. Uh, Bunda Kriya, that is. That's holding it. And then Agnesars, you're going to stay in that position and push your belly out and pull it back in. Push your belly out and pull it back in. That yeah. takes a little more practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's it's like a... It, I don't know. For me, it feels good. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Um, you know what I would love to do? We should do this. Do like um, a 30-day experiment doing Uyana, Uyana Banda, or if, if you have enough strength, Agnesar, Kriya, every day for 30 days. And then we'll just see like energetically how we feel. Do we feel stronger? Do you want to? I yeah. would love that. Let's yeah. do it. Okay, and we'll just track ourselves, and we'll because it's super easy to do. Like honestly, the best it is, place it is. Yeah, I do it in the shower. Too much information. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, just I like, would do it maybe like a few hours after waking up, and maybe after shower. Because I like no. to see, I like to see my belly. And you can pull up your shirt, Nat. You don't have to be fully naked. I know, but it's cold. Oh God. Anyways, <laughs> it's just like super useful. It's one of those things if you. If you get into a habit of doing something in a specific place, like you're in the shower, you're not going it's anywhere. It's true. It's true. It's, it's like, that trigger for the habit, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, okay. what, that's why I do it. Okay. So I'll, I'll think helpful. of some way. Maybe after I poop, I'll do it. <laughs> there you go. That'll be my trigger. You'll, yeah. you'll be able to do it really well. You know what though? Like before I poop, I am a different person. Yeah. I have that. <laughs> like I am so much more irritable and I'm just like something needs to happen. Okay, here let's link let's link this together. Let's link this together. Um, constipation or abdominal inflammation, yes. lower back pain, and I'm gonna link this in maybe it's too much depression. All those three, I think, have a correlation. At least two of them stem together regularly. Wait, wait, what are you saying they have a correlation to? Like there, there, there's like a large amount of people, and I'm not saying because you have one, you have the other two that have experienced constipation or lower or constipation or abdominal inflammation of some sort. So some digestive irregularity and lower back pain and depression. Oh, you're saying they're all three maybe causally correlated. Yeah. And you could link that up if the inflammation in your... The lower back pain would link in because you cannot, and I've experienced this through like being constipated before, so hard to activate TBA. Like you just can't sometimes. So yeah. say you're going like your whole life and you're a fairly constipated person, that muscle is just not working. Your back is going to be like your erectors and is trying to support you and yeah. your quadratus lumboris, your, yeah, your QL. Yeah. They're like firing like crazy to get some support there, back pain. Yeah. 
and the depression can come from if you're experiencing constipation that can screw with your hormones i mean you're kind of reabsorbing toxins you could if you have abdominal abdominal inflammation you could have a parasite candida um, bacterial overgrowth which all those things contribute to leaky gut which may contribute to depression there's a lot of links there and i'm not saying like i'm a doctor and this is all for sure but i'm saying like i see this um in people and and i have felt that as well like i've never been actually fully depressed but like just what you said like i feel i feel way better after i go to the bathroom like yeah yeah, yeah if i have like a couple days where i don't go and like i've had that recently like oh. i'm just not stoked on life and then after oh. i'm like best day ever like i feel super good my body feels good yeah. like i want to yeah. go move and so yeah. i think like just something for something i don't know something to think about and definitely not saying always all of those things all the time but like maybe think about yeah. well some of that. yeah that's the thing i think there's a lot of like psycho psychological overlap with physical things that like there's not just a lot there's just not like a lot of information out there and there's not a lot of like widely disseminated widely disseminated information about that but for sure like especially like yoga teachers listening out there people come to your classes for the therapy aspect of it whether it's physical or mental so like something like that i think is like it, it should never be overlooked you know mm-hmm. um that there is this like overlap of some something who knows what it could be like it could be as far as trauma or it could just be as far as like just some some way we hold ourselves um linked into the tva because the the tva is it can be very postural so yeah i I totally Mm -hmm. i totally buy that for sure i'd buy that book nat i'd buy that book totally like if i had all the money in the world i would (laughs) find people with these three symptoms like depression some sort of lower back pain um oh yeah and then the tva links in there so depression i will yeah so the two symptoms like depression and lower back pain and then i would do like a suite of tests on them for parasites candida bacterial overgrowth anything to do with the stomach h pylori clean that up give them like an amazing diet and then start to work on functional movement and activation of tba and just see like what happens to their back pain and their depression Mm. wouldn't that that be great and I'm not saying it would go well, 100%. Like, even if I got 30%, it'd be like, cool, 30%. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, like, <laughs> not, not right? jiving. I'm not, like, I'm not throwing your ideas out. Oh, now, no. But, like, that's, like, against the scientific method. Like, scientific, we want to, like, isolate one thing and see to what degree. <laughs> just saying, just saying, you know? Like, to what I degree know. does candida affect low back pain or candida affect depression and you're just like throwing three variables in there girl you just like my brain just went like what what no no but okay so you would if you had a person who you knew um was having low back pain you could look at their tva and if they were having difficult activating it because of abdominal inflammation or constipation then you would go there to try and get that dealt with to the best of your abilities and then go to try re-engaging it and see if dealing with the stomach problems intestinal problems that helped with mood i mean just saying like it could you would go from you can go to try and fix lower back pain and just see how it affects mood and yeah yeah you could i think tva is one of those muscles where like you can pretty safely work for most people into it um no man i've been like so far gone like i could not yeah yeah but but with people with like inflammation of the belly you just have to understand that that they will not be able to feel it as well 
so it's if you so come up hard, to them and you're yeah. like oh do you feel that do you feel that and they're like no i don't feel anything like don't don't let that be something where you never do that kind of work again or don't let that be like an excuse to just be like oh my god we have to try harder we have to activate rectus abdominis like just be like okay there, there might be things going on it comes back to like us as compassionate people and compassionate teachers just to like let that person be and um maybe have a discussion afterwards or or just like try again later at a different date where poop happened <laughs> yeah totally like it's just something to consider you know Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Like there, there's many reasons why someone might not feel an exercise that you've given them. Yeah. There's like not one thing that's for everyone. Um, yeah. Okay. Should we do I a little, let's do a done. summary just of like why. So we call we're going to call this why TVA is one badass muscle, I think. So we're kind of thinking of titling this one. Yeah. So what are your, what are your like key main takeaways or points you want to drive home for why it's super badass? Because it's, it's, it's like active in all sorts of movement. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? It's like the great kind of like integrator or something like that. Mm. Like it allows you to integrate functional movement or I don't know, integrates the world, but like the great stabilizer, maybe. The great stabilizer. The with great a capital stabilizer. T-H-E, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Allows you to build more strength in your upper body and lower body yeah um and that building of strength and stability like stability evenly in your pelvis as well as you build strength in your legs maybe greater range of motion greater control maybe. yeah maybe safer about. motion yeah endurance we talked about which my experience yeah, is yeah yep. uh and it's poop relation yeah and potentially related to the pooping <laughs> everything's related to pooping everything basically <laughs> and then of asking like how are you today now be like how was how was your poop today now <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no. wouldn't that be like the ultimate marker of like i care about you you know rather than just like yeah how, how are you you know like, yeah, yeah. it is <laughs> i appreciate no, you, your concern you wouldn't like that? <laughs> no <laughs> all right note to self all right you can ask me what i ate for dinner that's way more exciting oh, okay okay yeah. um, i don't know <laughs> okay <laughs> all right i think that's all i want to say about the tva that was almost an hour and yeah i'm pretty happy yeah, about that's that great well thanks for listening guys and we will see you or not see you but um you will listen to us again soon is the right way to say this <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. Thanks for hanging out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Yoga Addiction, guys. If you like the show, we would greatly appreciate positive comments, stars, and shares on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, and once a month, we, we do release an email blast covering all the topics and podcasts that we talked about that month. So to d- subscribe, you can just visit us on our website at natandsandyyoga.com. Um, you can also follow Nat and Sandy Yoga on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks again.